Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's been a busy week in SBC, Amy. We've, we've got a lot of news to cover and big news at that this week. Yes, yes we do. Um, and this is pretty typical for this time of year for us to have a lot of news. Um, but it has seemed like on the heels of several hectic, busy weeks of news, we did, this was a lot, just kind of one thing after the other that was a, a big deal. Yes, it was. And uh, we're going to talk about some seminary trustee meetings. Uh, one seminary having their trustee meeting coming up this next week is the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary located in Louisville, Kentucky. They are committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting SB. TS.edu. I know it was a big week for them. Had T4G up in Louisville this week. A lot of people descending on Louisville. Uh, 12,000, 13,000 pastors and uh, other leaders in Louisville this week for together for the gospel. I know a lot of them uh, were headed over towards Southern. Uh, probably a busy week at that campus. Yeah. I, one thing I remember working at Southern is uh, we always did have our like biggest conferences and preview days and and trustee meeting all sort of together. So then at the end, you just collapse. And uh, so I'm sure that uh, come next week, a lot of the faithful staff uh, at Southern Seminary will definitely be looking back on a, a crazy several days, but really good, I'm sure. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things out of Together for the Gospel this week. So uh, it's been a good week in Louisville, I'm sure, for many. I've gotten my usual uh, barrage of texts from friends saying, where should we eat? And what was your answer? So it's been a long time since I've lived there. So I, I still point to places that were my favorite. A lot of new places have popped up. But mm. uh, Irish Rover still always, always is my um, is kind of my go-to. That was my favorite place. And it is still there. So I, I Irish point people Rover. there. Yeah. Okay. I haven't been to, to Louisville enough to know. So I've only been a couple times, and it was both of them were kind of quick in and outs. So my my fa- one of my favorite places, which where I used to point people, has closed. Uh, Lynn's Paradise Cafe, but um, but Irish Rover's still going. So I'm old school. I don't I don't have all the the hip new spots, but it's okay. uh, it's still pretty good. All right. Well, we're going to jump into the news this week. We have some news out of the executive committee. It's going to be a big week for them next week. We'll talk about that in a minute. But before that, Jimmy Draper has been named the Executive Committee Ambassador. Yeah, so we knew this was was coming, that an ambassador might be named. This was part of the announcement uh, that Augie Bodo would be interim president, that he would have uh, the opportunity to appoint an ambassador. So we knew that, knew that it might come. I just didn't know who it would be. And this really is not a surprise uh, that it would be uh, Dr. Draper for a position like this. Yeah, and he was one of the two or three names that I had in mind whenever I saw the thing about the ambassador. Uh, him, Tom Elliff, Jim Henry were like the first three names that came to mind. And right. maybe Bobby Welch. Uh, so it was just basically which one of the four former uh, presidents that aren't really in, involved or you know are retired uh, right. right now that, that you wanted to choose. And, and Dr. Draper is uh, one of those that... I think he will be remembered as the the quintessential SBC statesman. Uh, yes, that'll be his kind of legacy because he's he's pretty much done it all. Yes, and by multiple generations, you know, some of the uh, things that he was doing toward the end of his uh, career at Lifeway 
was a lot of intentional reaching out to younger generations. And so uh, this is, a, this is a, a role that he plays really well. Um, and this is something that will be a big help to Augie Boto as, as he is, he's trying to do the day to day and trying to manage his things that he's all, was already doing as a executive vice president in convention policy, getting ready for Dallas. Uh, the role also carries with it so much, um, in terms of traveling, being a statesman, speaking, uh, to lots of groups. And this is just a great help to him because he's able to, to do what he needs to do, lead the staff and have someone that can go out and really represent the executive committee in this way. Yeah, and we mentioned the, the big week coming next week, April 17th, Tuesday, will be the day that the executive committee descends on Nashville and meets to select a presidential search team. So we did some digging this week, got some more details for you leading up into uh, this meeting. Uh, Amy, we're, we're going to kind of go back and forth here a little bit on these details and make sure we cover them all. Uh, first of all, some news that we found out, it will not be executive session. The The actual election part will not be executive session. So we can be in the room and, right. and anybody can come in. So I'll be over there on yes. Tuesday. We have an event with Dr. Rayner that morning. It'll be over about 9, 15 or so. I'll head toward the executive committee meeting. Uh, they start at 10. So I'll get there in time, I'm I'm hoping, and uh, be in the room for the election. And they will elect uh, the six people uh, to go along search committee with Dr. Stephen Rummage, who is an ex officio member as the chairman of the board. Uh, Amy, anything to add about the election? This is something that we haven't really seen because this is a large group of people working together at the same time to select this smaller group. This could be a very, very interesting meeting. I was very interested to know that it will be open to the public so you can sit in and watch. Which we commend, by the way. Yes, absolutely. It's very democratic selection of a committee. There are a lot of factors to that and a lot of things to, to think about implications. But first of all, we mentioned this, but I want to just go over it again. Anyone on the executive committee can nominate another member of the executive committee to be on this search committee. As long as that person who's doing the nominating is at the meeting. That's right. The nominator has to be in the room, but the person they're nominating does not. If, the, if they're nominating someone who's, who is a member of the executive committee but was not able to be there, that's, that is okay. But you can't send a nomination in by proxy or you know anything like that. So to nominate someone, you have to be in the room. One individual can nominate as many people as they choose, but they'll have to have some kind of order. Uh, a lot of times what you'll see is um, they'll let, Everyone, if you look in Robert's rules, a lot of discussions about debate say that someone can maybe speak to something more than once, but you have to give other people a chance first. So probably you won't see a lot of multiple nominations because let's say I'm going to nominate someone and then I have someone else in mind. Well, before I even can get to nominating them a second time, you might bring their name up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... So there will be opportunity for people to offer nominations. Then at that point, they will have all of those names on a list. In the order that they were nominated. In the order that they were nominated, which means that the staff will be working very hard because they're not going to have that, you know, ballot. Okay, now we're going to pass out the ballots. They'll have to make the ballot as the nominations are happening. 
Then the executive committee members will have their ballots. They can circle up to six names. Uh, So that means they can't vote for the same person six times. Uh, So they can circle up to six names. They can circle only one name. They cannot circle a name at all. They have all sorts of options. And then those will be tallied. And they will use a process similar to, you know, we have our tellers at the SBC. And they have all of these systems of checking, double checking, you know, uh, counting more than once. And then making sure everyone um, ha- comes up with the same number. So they'll have a lot of things to, um, to, to protect the integrity of the process. There'll be people supervising that process. These are all things that are in place for something like this in any kind of parliamentary situation. The top six people that got votes, the top six will be the committee. Yeah. Regardless of location, regardless of gender, race Age, whatever. i mean it, it could it be yes. six people from the same state if there's i think there's yeah. six texans on the executive committee it could be all six of them it, it, right. it just it is a complete you know just democratic system it is in the hands of the lord uh and yeah. we will uh kind of see what goes on here because i mean there's there's no real other than like your individual strategy of who you're going to vote for of I'd like to see a woman on. I'd like to see a diverse group or whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah, you want small church, large church. It doesn't matter. All these things, it could be all diversity. mega guys. It could be all state guys. It could be all really small pastors out in the middle of nowhere guys. Right. So when we think about times that we try to bring a diversity of perspectives to something, so maybe an individual is thinking through that to name a committee, you know, to speak to anything, we have to recognize this is over 70 people. Yeah, working on up this. to eighty three uh, people, or I mean, there's eighty three people on the executive right. committee right now. We don't know how many will be there. My right. guess is it'll be in the the you know low to mid seventies. I'm sure some people will have uh, issues yeah. with with getting away and and not being able to make it or something like that. But so yes, yeah, so you're you're talking about these people by ballot, and so there's no way they there's no way for everyone to know who everyone else is voting for. You you can't know. You're well. just putting forward. <laughs> well, it. You know what I'm saying. You're not. They're yes. not like sitting there looking at each other's ballots. They may have discussed beforehand, or well, we've you know, all been whatever. In those meetings. Some, yes, we've all been in those right. meetings. And if someone is nominating, obviously everyone is going to anticipate they'll vote for the person they've nominated. But what the point is, this is this is a large group of people deciding something, and so even they will not know as they turn in their ballot That's how true. this is going to turn out. No, nobody's so going to have this, a clue how this is going right. to work out. So this is something that as Southern Baptists sort of watching, we can get really armchair quarterback. We can kind of try to strategically you know, figure out what's going to happen. The truth is this really is in the hands of the Lord. And so when we pray about this upcoming meeting. We just want to throw that out there. We just what don't really. I said as is everything else in life. Right, but, absolutely. You know, As we, is everything, but but we we can really see and know that we're kind of coming just open handed. So when we pray for Tuesday's meeting, a lot of times you don't know what uh, to pray for. This is it, you know that that we're really placing this committee and who this committee will be um, before the Lord and yes. uh, for His will to be done in this. So uh, that's that's really important and and. Also, we need to just pray for the the staff. This is, I mean, they have normal 
um, tasks that they do every day. They have a really big thing coming up in June. And this is a process that they're going to be working very hard to make sure it goes smoothly, to make sure the integrity of the process is upheld. And uh, so so we need to pray for them. I mean, they have a, just a lot on their plate. So it's just a really interesting time uh, right now. I know we've had a lot of transition, a lot of challenging things to deal with, but uh, but also a lot to really watch and to see how our processes go on, how our system uh, is in place, how the cooperative program is still working. Um, cooperative program funds are being collected and distributed uh, all the time, and uh, we we continue forward on our mission. Yes, and a couple more notes about the meeting on Tuesday. Uh, there will be a time that they do go into executive session, and that will be to discuss uh, the parameters of the separation with Dr. Frank Page and his resignation. Uh, they will announce the, the results of that session uh, apparently after that is done. I'm not sure if there will be a press conference or anything like that. I'm sure there will be press there. Uh, we, we don't know if there will be a press conference. If not, or if there is, obviously we'll, we'll be involved in that. Uh, and then finally, I'm not quite sure if they're going to let me tweet from the meeting or not. I'm guessing since it's not executive session and it's open, they will. Um, Sean, Art, if you guys are listening, I would appreciate some, some guidance on that. Um, I'm sure you'll let me know on Tuesday if you lock my phone up uh, or not, but we'll, we'll see about you know, it that. It might so. not be bad for you to just put it down, experience the moment. But the people at home want to know what's going on. So, I mean, you, you, might ha- you might be tied to your phone a little bit much so i'm just saying just relax yeah thanks a lot amy appreciate that um but anyway so follow us on twitter we'll see what's going on uh we will probably be able to tweet i'm guessing from an open session there won't be an issue with that so um we can send out information as it happens so I'm, i'm sure baptist press will be in there as well probably be a few of us sitting in the back with uh watching and listening and paying attention intently so i'd be interested to see who all comes to this thing so because, I mean, it's the first time we've ever done this. Uh, we, we made some new rules a while back and having to live by them now. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with these with these rules for this uh, selection of the uh, executive committee search committee. There we go. Speaking of committees, Steve Gaines named the SBC Committee on Committees late last week. It's going to be chaired by Amir Kaner, who's the president of Truett McConnell University. That name may ring a bell. Uh, for some people, uh, you probably, if you followed Southern Baptist for the last decade or so, uh, the Caner name should ring a bell for you. Several uh, new names on the Committee on Committees, uh, several names that we have not seen before. So Dr. Gaines continues his work of bringing in people who have uh, not really been as involved in the SBC in the past and getting them involved in the process uh, of selecting trustees, selecting committee members, so uh, we saw that last year. We see that again this year as well. The full list of the Committee on Committees is available uh, in the Baptist Press release, and we'll have that on our website as well later on uh, in the year as we get closer to the uh, annual meeting in June. We'll, we'll have all the committee lists up for you as well. Amy, some good news from IMB. A lot of yeah. Christmas offering gifts are 4.4% ahead of last spring's receipts. That's pretty. That's pretty incredible. That's a lot of percentage points. It is. It is. It, it, I'm not quite sure how much this has to do with the change of the the pacing of the uh, the budget and everything, where you know right. things kind of changed a little bit. 
But at the end of March 2018, IMB had received $124 million, which is $5.2 million ahead of the Lottie Moon Christmas receipts last year. That means they were at like 118.8 last year, and uh, now they're at 124 and uh, just a little bit over 124. So uh, that's fantastic news. You can give still to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering uh, for this fiscal year. It, it runs, you know, September or it runs October 1 to September 30. And uh, they even have recurring giving. And there's a great little story here in this article as well, Amy. Yes. This little girl, three-year-old Lily Ann Harrington um, in Mississippi, um, they start, you know, sharing this story with her about uh, about Lottie Moon. And she just kind of gets her heart sort of touched by this. And wanted to give, uh, they said, they the quote was, a bunch of money to send the gospel to the nations. And so she wanted to bake and sell dozens of cookies. They were expecting like $50 uh, to $100. And she baked 50 dozen cookies. Uh, it says with the help of her parents, which I would assume. That's she's three. A, you're really working um, over that easy bake oven a lot right there. Yeah, she's three. So I think they helped uh, in that. But she so. worked, baked nearly 50 dozen cookies. And raised $415.51 for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So, and she is cute as a button in that little picture yeah, there. Never too young, never too old um, to find a way uh, to give. So I hope Lillianne and her parents are at the SBC meeting in Dallas. Oh, that would love be great. A, love to get a picture with her. That is just uh, yes. the greatest little story right That's there. It's really neat. Big Creek Baptist Church in Waynesboro, Mississippi. All right, we've also got some news from the IMB Presidential Search Committee, Amy. Yes, uh, so they have announced that they are now accepting nominations for uh, the next president of the IMB. All right, real quick question. Whenever they announced um, earlier this year on the uh, the March 1st you know, date, uh, they also announced that they were taking those then. So ha- has anything happened in the last six weeks? I don't think so. Okay. Um, and so I don't, the, it may be, you know, they announced that and they put that in sort of the, the yeah, press release with the committee. Yeah, because I remember this IMB search at broadmoor.tv. Yes. We talked about it here on yes. the show. Yes. So I, here's my hunch. They were accepting them, but they needed to do sort of a, they were, I'm sure they were getting their ducks in a row, uh, connecting as a committee, and then they've got to put the all call out again. Yeah. So maybe this is also uh, just a reminder and a finalization of, right. you've got until May 15th, folks. Right. So May 15th, um, if God leads you, they say, if God leads you to submit a nomination to the committee, please do so by emailing us at imbsearch at broadmoor.tv. And uh, we'll make sure that that we always put our stories in the show notes. We'll actually put an extra, you know, a link to that email address. Yes. um, As well. Okay, Amy. I know you've been chomping at the bit to talk about this story. Trustee meeting this past week at Southeastern, and it was a bit historic. It was a good one. It was a very, very good oh, meeting. You, you um, had do a this great and you time. get, it was a good one. That's the line. It was a great one. Okay. So that's we, more like it. There were a lot of neat things that happened this week. Um, and I'll, I'll start with the one that's kind of big, but then I'll end with the one that I'm going to say personally is, is the biggest deal. Um, so first of all, New trustee chair, and there's been some uh, some chatter about this. Becky Gardner from Peoria, Illinois, 
Um, she is superintendent of a Christian school there. Wonderful, gracious uh, woman who I've been around a little bit the last few years. Uh, just really, really respect her. Uh, she is our new chair. And um, our communications team did as much digging as we could. And we know that she's the first female chair in the history of Southeastern. Um, but from what we can see, uh, she's the first female in the history of any seminary board uh, in the Southern Baptist Convention. And there haven't been very many. Uh, I think she's either the second or the third of an entity. I know there the ERLC has had um, a female chair, and maybe there was one uh, before that, but I'm not certain. So it's it's not something that happens a lot anyway. Uh, but she's wonderful. She follows a long uh, line of great trusty chairman. Marty Jackman rolling off has been incredible. Todd Lynn before him. Ed Litton uh, before. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, before Dr. Lynn. So it's we've had a great uh, just relationship with our, our board chairs. They've been incredible people. And so she's going to just follow right in that line. But that was just kind of neat. It was exciting. Um, other other good things happening. Uh, we have our first endowed directorship, the George Lyle director of uh, the Lewis A. Drummond Center for yep. Great Commission Studies. Uh, Scott Hildreth said Hildreth. he's got the yeah. yeah he's got the longest title of anyone. Uh-huh. Uh, so so really uh, that that was an exciting moment. A lot of great um, details that Dr. Aiken was able to share, but. I want to say usually, you know, faculty elections are a, a huge part. Um, Adrian Miles also being the first uh, female elected to the faculty in 15 years, as well as um, Tate Cockrell uh, being elected to the faculty um, as an associate professor of counseling. We also have some um, faculty promotions that happen, and that's a very normal process. So Chip Hardy, Alan Mosley, they were uh, promoted in, oh, and, in their and fields. Oh, and this other guy too. But Keith Whitfield, associate yeah. professor of theology. So I, I know normally, him. yes, and normally, the, I mean, faculty promotions are always exciting for uh, for those people and for the, the school. That's something that happens every spring trustee meeting for most seminaries. But that was kind of a cool one. So I'm going to start and say Becky Gardner's uh, election is a really big deal. Um, Broadly, and then Keith Whitfield's promotion is a really big deal uh, for me. Yeah, so. I, I bet it is. A couple of other notes here in the release: a twenty-one, twenty-nine point one million dollar budget for the next year. Uh, you guys are showing a thirteen point nine percent increase in enrollment in the past year. Nearly uh, four thousand students you'll have by the yeah, end of the well, academic year. Yeah, well, we should hit that by the end. Crazy. Of the year. An 8.4% increase in non-white student population in the last eight years, a 9% increase in female population since 2010 as well, and a 21% increase in accepted applications in the last year. So things are just rocking and rolling. I hate that I missed Southeastern Society meeting as yeah. a Southeastern Society member. but You uh, are, yeah. yes. I, 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 didn't, I didn't make it. Sorry. So, but it was uh, great. I was there the we week were, before. Uh, I was just yes. early. That's all it was. You guys weren't ready whenever I was there. That's right. So, that's right. We had a had a luncheon um, that is a, a group that raises money for uh, scholarships for female students and honored this year's recipients and raised um, just that day raised an additional forty eight fifty uh, for for scholarships so that women can receive theological training. So just a a really really great week. Um, busy, exhausting, but right. really great. Over to Southwestern, 
They had trustee meeting this past week, approved an overall budget of $35.9 million, just under $36 million. Uh, but the big one was, uh, the big news was the creation of 20 scholarships to be named after Southwestern graduates S.M. Lockridge and Eugene Florence, uh, who are early African-American students at Southwestern who later served as pastors. Uh, do you know what the S.M. and S.M. Lockridge stands for, Amy? No. Shadrach Meshach. That's fantastic. It dead serious too. That that's what it stands for. I, I texted Bark Barber the other day. I said, "Hey, tell me about S M Lockridge and Eugene Florence." And uh, he he sent back, and I need to look up some more information because Amy, I think you yeah. told me this. They were uh, graduates of a somewhat secretive seminary course of study. So back in the early 20th century, there were a lot of racial tensions in the South. Obviously, I think there still are today, uh, not nearly to that degree. Uh, but these students were accepted and and educated kind of secretively um, mm-hmm. as not to upset trustees and donors. And they graduated from the seminary, got their degrees and everything, and um, kind of this secret shell type of seminary and uh, went on to pastor churches and everything. So they, they are honoring them with these scholarships. That's fantastic. So, I got to do fantastic. some more digging into this because that's just a fascinating story. Yeah. Uh, we need and, to and, learn more about them. Yeah. So, and I, I just think it's awesome that SM stands for Shadrach Meshach. I do too. So, I uh, like that. Uh, other big news from the trustee meeting, the, the Havard campus, where my wife spent many a day in Houston, uh, is being uh, relocated from its present location. They're going to sell that campus and move it to Sagemont Church beginning August 1st, a uh, little bit more accessible campus over there at Sagemont. Also ties it to the local church, which I like as well. Um, and they, and they also approved a reduction in the bachelor's of humanities and biblical studies degree from 129 hours to 125 and also reelected Kevin Euchert as uh, the chairman of the trustees. He's the lead pastor at first Baptist church, Georgetown, Texas. They had some faculty promotions as well. Amy Matthew McKellar was, uh, moved to professor level. Terry Stovall, uh, who I think, you yeah, know, I saw also that. Yes, was moved professor. to professor. Yep. Mike Wilkinson to associate professor, John Yo to associate professor, and Michael Crisp was approved to occupy the Edgar, quote, preacher, Halleck, chair of Baptist student work. So he's got a title almost as long as Scott Hildreth's. Yeah, the the business cards get pretty tough at that point. <laughs> the four-point font on your business cards. All right, yes. uh, final trustee note up here, Midwestern, big week for those guys. $22 million budget was approved. Dr. Andreas Kostenberger was also hired. Uh, the announcement of his hire, uh, which uh, brings a, a serious academic cred to the seminary as well, and uh, will direct the Center for Biblical Studies. So uh, he, he's coming into Midwestern. Uh, and probably the, the, the piece de resistance here, renaming the college at Midwestern to the Spurgeon College. Yeah, that's really cool. And we've seen some of that, you know, uh, Southwestern renamed to Scarborough College uh, a couple of years ago. Obviously, we have Boyce College, Level College. Um, so if Midwestern's going to rename their college, Spurgeon College is what it's going to be. Yeah, that was the um, one that fit. I mean, there's no doubt absolutely. about it. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Yeah. They're also on course to have 3,300 students enrolled this academic year. This comes from up from the uh, kind of the low of 1,107 that they had back just eight years ago. In eight That's years, fantastic. they tripled the enrollment, which is That's just a, in, that's insane. really amazing. And it's exciting to see 
um, especially when we just consider where most conversation about theological education, the struggle that's happening, and when we look and see the people that are being trained for ministry through our seminaries, uh, this is just it's good news. Yes. And uh, John Mathena, who uh, the Mathena Center that is almost finished at um, Midwestern, he is going to be the chairman of the board for the 2018-19 group. So uh, I see Chad McDonald, a name I know. Also, he's the pastor at Lenexa Baptist. Uh, he's going to be the second vice chairman. Lee Roberson, first vice chairman. And then Brian Payne as secretary. All right, Amy, that's going to do it for us this week on the show. We got a lot of news. I know we, we took a little while uh, getting through some of the executive committee stuff, but that's important information, and there's a lot going on. Uh, next Tuesday is a huge day in the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, it, it It is a very pivotal moment. Be Please, again, be in prayer for that. Uh, Absolutely. This is just a, a big, big moment in, in, for the future of the SBC. Uh, so uh, be in prayer for that, for the trustees, and uh, just, you know, for travel safety as well. I mean, yet. 80 people from around the country coming into Nashville uh, trying to get here for this meeting. So, uh, you know, a lot can go on uh, in in this week that will shape the future of the SBC. But that is going to bring us to our favorite part of the week, this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, I'm going to go back to 1996. And this is an interesting story, kind of another human interest story um, that I saw. But then I was having a discussion with Keith about it and brought up a little mystery. I'm not trying to question the journalism here um, because I think in all of their research and due diligence, they this is what they found. But it 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 brought up a little interesting conversation. So 1996, um, Baptist Press carried this story. Um, it's it's at the kind of toward the end, and it was about an evangelism training course in um, that was taken in South Carolina. It's called Continuing Witness Training. It was put out by the Home Mission Board, and uh, it was a story about Stephen Gosnell who had completed the evangelism training course, and he was 11 years old. And he said, because it said uh, that he was the youngest person in South Carolina and perhaps the Southern Baptist Convention to have completed the course. He was in the fifth grade. He had made a profession of faith um, at age seven and wanted to learn how to share, uh, how to share the, the gospel with his friends. Um, he said he thought it would just be a, a good way to learn. So it's a, it was a memory intensive evangelism course. We may have some listeners out here uh, who are aware of it. Maybe had, oh, yeah, had done it. Oh, yeah, CWT is a lot like, uh, you know, faith or EE yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. so they would memorize a, a five-page gospel presentation, word for word, 13-week course, homework, all these things. So I thought this was a great story. Very cool. And remember, we're talking South Carolina. It was the youngest person in South Carolina. So I'm talking to Keith. I said, look, I found this story. This would be really cool. And um, I said, this kid is 11 and did continuing witness training. And he said, I think I did that when I was 11. So you just made the, the SBC history this week thing, you know, like about yourself. Not about myself. About your husband. But if he was 11 in 1985... And took oh, this he course. did it earlier, right? Ah, uh, so you're so dogging on Baptist Press and pumping up your husband no, at the same time. No, I'm not dog. Wow, Jonathan, <laughs> this is very interesting to me. So, okay. yeah, I was it's a looking big for week. Stephen's name, like seeing if like maybe he's a pastor these days. It'd be kind of neat, you know? Hey, and maybe now he's he pastoring if he's over at so and so church. There, it, 
If Steven is listening, I don't want to dog on him. If you know him. Steven Gosnell, this he is, should be is, about uh, 33? I guess so. Yeah, yeah, about 33. 11 and 96, so 85, 33. This is phenomenal that 11-year-olds were learning how to evangelize in, in this way and going through the training, whether in 1985 or in 1996. And your husband also grew up in South Carolina, too. So there's yes, another time. Yes, he did. So that was where it was kind of funny, is I was like, oh, well, I guess Stephen wasn't, maybe. So apparently, like, the end of RAs in nineteen in the 80s and 90s was, all right, now let's teach him CWT. Yes, probably so. It did say that most of the time they would have people around 14 or 15, but um, 11 was very... Uh, it w- was not sort of the norm. So regardless of the timing, who was the youngest, who was the first. This is a really neat story. And it's a reminder of how, um, of how our kids can, uh, can learn how to do these things. Yeah. So very cool. Um, and as always, it's if in the middle. If you're old enough to order at Starbucks and memorize that language, you're old enough to know theological terms, Amy. Well played, Jonathan, because I've got, that somebody are, will get some somebody will get some nuggets back there and they'll understand where that that reference oh yeah that's right okay moving on and so whether uh he was the youngest in the sbc we still had great evangelism training going on at all ages this week in sbc history all right sounds good um that's going to move us to our resources of the week and my resource of the week is a new book from dr jeff orge um, he's got a yeah, book on leading this. change. Yeah. Major change in your ministry. Leading major change in your ministry is the title of the book. Uh, he led some major change, um, moved gateway from, Maybe so. yeah, you know, 400 bit. miles. Uh, we've talked about that quite a bit here on the show. It's been documented rather well in the SPC over the last couple of years. Huge change. So, uh, check that book out. I've heard his talk on this. It's phenomenal. Uh, he did a talk on this topic at, uh, Lifeway Chapel, about a year ago, I guess, and it was amazing. Uh, it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal message, and I uh, really enjoyed that. So uh, Dr. Orge's new book, Leading Major Change from B&H, check it out, get it, buy it, read it. It's uh, it's really, really good. Amy, your resource of the week is? Mine is a new um, American history resource. It's a new biography that's come out by Jeffrey Rosen of William Howard Taft. A presidential biography. Shocker. Yeah. Presidential biography, but also he was not just president of the United States. He was also chief justice of the Supreme Court of the United Didn't States. That. So that huh. is, yeah. So it's a very um, interesting. He was governor of the Philippines, secretary of the war. Um, so really incredible life uh, as a public servant. And uh, not a lot is known out there about uh, President Taft. And I just stumbled on this. So I'm excited to read it. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. I, you know what I'm also excited about, Amy? We have an interview with Jason Dusing that we recorded, and we're going to drop that next week, talking about resolutions. Resolutions open next week, April 15th, April 16th, I think it is, April 15th. And you can send in resolutions and yep. get those uh, you know, to the resolutions committee. So we've got a great interview with Dr. Dusing that we did while he was on an L train in Chicago. Uh, and you'll you'll hear that in the background. It's a phenomenal interview, but uh, we've got a little bit of ambiance for this one. Well, I, it was it was great and a great education on the purpose of resolutions, why we do them, um, the impact they have, and just helping people know what to do to submit one. 
Yes. And uh, so we're going to drop that on Monday and put that out there uh, on Monday for you to just kind of listen to between episodes, just because it's also, you know, the resolutions kind of is open starting on Monday. You can submit those to Dr. Deucing and the committee, uh, as well as, you know, as the fact that we need to know about these things. And it's just a great interview. We love Dr. Deucing. He's a great guy, great friend of the pod and listens to us. And, um, uh, you know, a long time, first time for him this, this coming week. So yes. uh, we're excited to have him on. And, uh, so be sure to check that out on Monday. Definitely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Again, follow us on Twitter. Be doing a lot from that on, uh, from the meeting on Tuesday, hopefully be able to give you uh real time updates as things go. Uh, once again, thanks to our sponsor, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary up in Louisville, Kentucky. They've got trustee meeting this week. I think we're also waiting for some trustee information from New Orleans. Uh, they had a trustee meeting this week, and again, uh, we don't have anything by press time for that. Uh, and then uh, we'll see if Gateway had trustee meeting as well. So uh, a lot of trustee stuff going on, including the big executive committee meeting next week. All right, we've got the meeting on Tuesday, but Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week.